this last week. I got to see Jay jamming with his little band, Dinosaur Jr. I'm so happy for you. It's an experience. Really, uh, really inspirational. Really good jam. I tried really hard to get a guitar pick to add to my collection, but I did not get one. Well, you, you like went up like, Jay, Jay, please toss me yeah, a guitar and by, pick. Yeah. Try really hard. I mean, I, I, flash I just him? stood by the stage after the show while the techs tore stuff down. And then slip like, them a nip? Yeah, I tried. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that would have probably helped. No, no nips were shown. No guitar <sighs> picks were got. Well, now Have I you talked know. about my guitar pick collection? No. Before? I have a pretty good one. Like, I have, let's see, Reliant K. That's a good one. Uh, did you get that in Nashville when we at, went? At, I did, I think. Switchfoot from their show in Rolla, Missouri. <laughs> uh, Avril Levine. I wasn't <laughs> actually at that show, but a friend got the pick and then gave it to me. So it still counts. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, red jumpsuit apparatus. Oh, that had to have been from Rolla, right? That was, that was from Rolla. Uh, I think I have a few more that I care about, but the thing is, like, I don't actually like respect them, you know, as like collectible items. I just threw them in. <laughs> you just throw them in a tin. Yeah. It was, it was like a phil- philosophical thing for me. I was like, yeah. I can't let this be like an important thing, but I just it's want it. Fun. I just, I just like knowing that I have them. Yeah. Stumbling upon them. Jack has like pawned off picks on me. So, like, half my picks are also like branded, but like I just got them from Jack. He was like, Here, I have like a truckload of these. So, I got a Switchfoot <laughs> one right here. And it nice. just so happens to be one of those like orange Dunlop ones, you know? Like so the just... perfect tortoise ones. The... That's oh my, my favorite too. 60, this is like the most boring. Maybe. Yeah, this is like the most boring conversation we've had, but like. Switchfoot was definitely just like printing my favorite pick with a Switchfoot logo on it. And I'm like, yeah, Jack, just back a dump truck of those into my spare room and I'll use them until I die. <laughs> uh, yep. But anyway, did not get to add Dinosaur Juniors. Jay masks us oh, yeah, to the collection. Well, what have you been up to? I don't know. I kind of like the pick talk. Pick I think it's talk. funny. Pick talk. Talking picks with Jared and Jake. Oh, this week we got a good pick. The pick of the picks. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know, this This is Fender's answer to the classic Dunlop 35, 0.35 millimeter. This is the Fender medium weight. And uh, I got to say, Jared, this thing's, this thing's got the perfect amount of bend to it. So this drummer that we knew in 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 college, uh, he was like from the town, uh, which we respectfully were known as townies. Anyway, he like had done some competitions and stuff, and then he started telling everyone he was sponsored by some kind of drum accessory company. I think it was just like maybe he got a few pairs of drumsticks, and then was telling everyone he was sponsored. Because, like, you definitely don't get sponsored by randomly just playing at a few drum competitions. Yeah. Anyway, I, the impressionable young adult that I was, got, like, kind of jealous. I was like, man, I need to work hard so I can get sponsored. Because apparently it's (laughs) something achievable. Yeah. Yeah. And Again, you uh, just want like free strings or something. Yeah. So my solution to this was just a cold, essentially cold call, but through email, every like guitar company I could think of. So like Boss, Dunlop, uh, you know, pedal companies and stuff. Wait, did you really do this? Yeah. And essentially I just wrote like a sob story. Like <laughs> I'm a college student. I love your gear. I play I like for these it. things. And I was just like, I wish I had a Gibson West Paul shooting my shot. And uh, I actually got like a lot of like replies. Like, wow. Yeah. So I got like a bunch of just, I mean, almost all of them had like canned responses of like, hey, thanks thanks for emailing. Yeah. Give us your address. We'll give you a little something, something. So I got a lot of random like 
assorted pick samplers and like a random set of strings. That's Uh, nice. Yeah. So all of those came from like sources I knew like that because I'd begged for them. But then (laughs) one day in the mail, I got something completely random and it was just like this new like uh, brand of guitar picks. And then like that one, I was like, nope. They totally know all about me now, and I'm sponsored. I'm on the list. <laughs> yeah, I'm sponsored. I'm Jared, and I'm sponsored by... Yeah. Who, who was the company? Who's the new guitar pick? I have no recollection. <laughs> no recollection. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, I still you know, use the old ones. I clearly missed the whole point of, uh, you know, mm. sponsorship of, you know, they're hoping you promote their game. Yeah, you, you had an opportunity here. You had an yeah. opportunity here to get a whole new case of picks for free. Yeah. <laughs> no you turned it down turned it down yeah the moment came uh and would you go for it or would you slip you slipped <laughs> what's it gonna take what's it gonna take let's hold uh, on let's save this bud infinity chat for when uh, we actually okay. talk okay <laughs> yeah, okay probably. okay we're saving the spud infinity content hey Welcome to the show. We're Bad Wallpaper. We've got a plan to create an album in one year by writing some music every week. We'll take our favorites, expand them into full songs, and then record our album at the end of a year. You can follow along on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And please, if you're enjoying the show, subscribe and give us a review. We're on Twitter at bad underscore wallpaper and on Instagram at bad, bad wallpaper. Bad dot wallpaper dot band. We salvaged it. We salvaged it. No, there's no way. I'm not <laughs> buying it. Jared. Hey. Oh, what's up, Jake? Not much, man. Um, just, uh, we're, we're here hanging. We're, we're having a Jake and Jared episode. Mm-hmm. We're talking, we're talking guitars, talking, talking guitar picks, talking trash on our bandmates that aren't here because they can't trash. defend themselves. They can't. I heard Jesse didn't even get the world today. No, that was me. <laughs> I have to admit, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to throw Jesse under the bus, but I got stuck in kind of one of those hard mode cases where one of the open spaces could have been like six different letters to make the same like wordle and i just got unlucky took one took one l you didn't have to be hard mode my pride made me hard you mode you got to do like the real pros do and play hard mode all the time but without it checked it's the the humble oh, yeah, hard you, mode <laughs> the humble hard mode you're following all the hard mode rules but without flaunting your Superiority. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going to be the first song Ooh. that references Wordle? I, I feel like Origami Angel is going to drop a Wordle song next week. Just get in in the nick of time. Yeah. I think. Right as the gates close in to secure the bag on Wordle. We got to be like thankful that the like music pipeline is still like delayed. Like there's, it takes enough time to make a song <laughs> and. Right make it worth it to release it that like you don't get these like immediate reaction type things and when you do they're so low quality that you can immediately ignore them yeah yeah the the only exception is when it's a diss track then you gotta like put those guys out (laughs) immediately push a t you know all he had to do was uh call drake a bad father and he you know who cared what it sounded like that was uh, such an amazing moment. Mm. Was that pre-pandemic? Post during? That was pandemic? probably pre-pandemic. I can't remember. I think. It was probably like Before three, times. four years ago. Yeah, it was probably like I mean, ten years ago, for all I know. <laughs> it was in the like uh, Yeezy sessions, like the like when Kanye was like producing seven albums at once. Oh yeah. And I just was that like around remember. when Daytona was coming out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pre-pandemic. I was actually thinking about Kanye today because I was like, I had, to, I felt like I had to defend Kanye for so long because he was literally a once-in-a-generation like songwriter, <laughs> and I was like, I, I have to respect this man. 
and like just t- going from like dropping my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and everybody immediately saying oh this is like an all-time great musician we're like 10 years down the road and now everyone's like oh yeah he's like he did like a viral rap about chick-fil-a I don't have to really pay attention to what he's up to anymore. I'm kind of done with it. <laughs> that was a quick decline for an all-time great. Kind of, I mean, in a way, it's kind of nice to not have to be on the positive, like, all the time positive side and just acknowledge, like, he's a problematic guy. And Yeah, and it's over, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and I, I, from what I've heard, so I have not seen Genius yet, the uh, episodes that are out. Uh, but from what I've heard, like, it's kind of setting up that story of, like, really, like, early on, you know, once in a generation type, like, amazing talent. And honoring that, but, you know, setting up the... the <laughs> interesting uh path it's gone on since honestly i totally forgot there's a like kanye documentary on right now (laughs) i was just like i he's always in the news i guess it's like hard to not think (laughs) about kanye yeah kind of was the original like trump like he knew how to control the narrative (laughs) by like any press is good press i mean and he literally like called out billy eilish for like helping a fan at her show and like was like yeah. by doing that that's a diss to it's a diss track <laughs> yeah to uh what young thug is that no who was it that travis scott travis scott just so bad with names um yeah did you not hear that drama so Billie eilish like there was a viral like video of like her like stopping her show to like help somebody that was having like an asthma attack and she made absolutely no reference to Travis Scott, but uh, Kanye was like, Travis Scott, not only is he going to be playing during my Coachella set with me, but we're not going on unless Billie Eilish apologizes. Yeah, that is like some Trump like cattiness. Yeah. Like if Billie Eilish does not apologize within the next 30 days, I will not play Coachella with Travis Scott. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Well, I don't even... I don't even care anymore. What are you trying to get me to pay attention to? Yeah. And then I don't know if you saw the Ian Cohen tweet tweeted something like, uh, like Billy, she's got Billy Eilish style is like the next, like, <laughs> uh, Kanye diss. Yeah. Kanye is coming for black country new road because yeah. of their <laughs> adoration for Billy Eilish style. Yeah. Maybe that, man, that's some inside baseball right there yeah. of uh music Twitter. <laughs> maybe uh maybe Kanye would be like, if Isaac doesn't rejoin the band so that they can release an apology track, I'm <laughs> not playing Coachella. <laughs> there you go. That would be that'd be pretty great. <laughs> what sounds like Billie Eilish, but isn't Billie Eilish? Uh yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus style? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be an easy plug and play. There you go. I mean, it is a style. Uh, I keep thinking we need. <laughs> can only imagine for our, our poor listeners out there. Like, what are they talking mm. about? Do we care? My poor wife. Do we care again? About the only listener. <laughs> All right. So for our poor listeners out there, uh, we're referencing a song off of Black Country New Roads' fantastic album, "Ants from Up Here." Features the refrain, she's got Billie Eilish style. Moving to Berlin for a little while. I think that's a just sounds great rolling off the tongue. That lyric caught me more than anything else on the album. We can uh, do the lyrics he used for the Super Super Bowl performance. They're they're very... And we very, love Popo. Yeah, pro Popo. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Look, we uh I think I put on there. I I actually didn't even watch the Super Bowl this year. Uh this podcast Say what you will about this podcast musically, say what you will about this podcast comedically. This is one of the top non-sports podcasts that are <laughs> Rams haters. Uh 
not many people outside of the sports podcast world will hate the Rams more than everyone on this podcast, <laughs> including those not on the podcast currently. Uh, this is an anti-Stan Kroenke zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Louis Rams. Jared, for your bachelor party, we ended up going to a St. Louis Rams game. Yeah, wasn't that their last season? Yeah, I think it was their last season in, in St. Louis. Uh, and, <sighs> like, I think they won. It was just a fun time. Everyone yeah, was cheering yeah. and going crazy. Everyone loved the Rams. But even though they knew it, we were, like, screwed the whole time. Yep. So, uh, we hate we hate the Los Angeles Rams on this podcast, and uh, sorry, it's uh, it's our Midwestern pride. We'll never let it go. No, nope. not going nope. away. So I was, I did, I wasn't even going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm kind of glad I didn't. Didn't want to see Stan Kroenke's stupid face for the evening. Had better things to do, but I did watch the halftime show uh, later on. They dropped the like the like trailer for it, and it was like, it was like Dr. Dre, and then it was like he's calling Eminem, and he's calling Mary J. Blige, he's calling Snoop Dogg, and I was like, oh my god, it's like a reunion of this album, like, mm. and it like I felt vindicated because I told that to several people, and they're like, what? No, and then <laughs> like they played every one of those songs off the album, for uh, sure. But then, like, then there were the random parts, like the 50 Cent into Club. Yeah. Uh, and, and I got to say, if you did not immediately recognize that him hanging upside down was from the music video, uh, you did not watch enough music videos uh, on YouTube <laughs> in 2006. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally brought me back. I mean, to, I, yeah. I think he's like in a lab and Dr. Dre and Eminem are studying him and he's doing uh he's doing like workouts in and singing in the club. Uh one of the greatest music videos of all time. Just stun stunning visually. Yeah. Really brought me back to uh my awkward high school homecoming dances. Oh yeah. Getting getting down and low with uh I mean, literally all they played was like 50 Cent the whole night. So, so good. And Dr. Dre. So good. But I think it was funny that like the only person like under 50 on that stage was uh, Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I would have just liked to see a Kendrick Lamar halftime show. I, did, I d- definitely didn't need like uh, Dre and. Uh, Eminem like that's there it's just like the who you know it's like or like uh e- even like Tom Petty where like it's like oh hey look some guys you know and everyone's like yeah I love those guys yeah yeah I I thought they did a good job of like playing substantial parts of the songs mm-hmm. and yeah they cut out some of the fat for yeah. sure yeah but it was more than like a 30 second uh melody <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, some yeah. of the like random like shows have been uh for sure i mean and like i would put it above most of the recent ones definitely. uh i didn't mind the we i mean i don't know i i like hardly even remember any of them like do i really care i don't know yeah yeah you know that's how it goes yeah maybe uh, the makes- only Maybe the only one I remember from my lifetime, other than the Janet Jackson one, I do remember that. That was a formative experience for me. Uh, other than that, though, I think Prince is the only one I actually remember. Like, like where it's like I remember where I was when I saw the Prince one. <laughs> yeah. Also, the only one that's like I like look that up and rewatch it because yeah, I was rewatching it and crazy. I forgot he did like a Foo Fighters cover. Like, <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> yeah. Like what a what a guy. Just like now it's like we gotta get sixteen like platinum artists out there to like keep everyone's interest while we jump from artist to artist and play their biggest hit. Yeah. And there Prince no just features. went out there, there was and was just, just like Prince. Yeah. yeah, no features. <laughs> Prince was doing covers. No one yeah. cared. <laughs> no yeah. one cared. Uh I'm excited for the next Kendrick album. Wonder what it's gonna be. It's gonna be about Chick-fil-A, I think mostly Ooh. it's gonna that would be, be <laughs> that would be an unfortunate heel turn from kendrick lamar 
so I've got new. Uh, I've got more Spotify news. What has Spotify <laughs> done now? <laughs> yeah, well, it's like our new segment on the podcast <laughs> is like Spotify. What now? <laughs> uh, and it was actually kind of an older thing, but there was a new article about it that I read like in depth. So Spotify had a feature I actually really liked where they took lyrics from uh, like genius.com and they like essentially like had edits where they would uh, put up some of the lyrics, but then they'd also put up like some like editorial type stuff about songs. And I thought it was really interesting. I play like Spotify, like on my TV a lot. So it's like, in the background but it still has like a visual component it's like when your parents would throw on like vh1 classic and it would Mm -hmm. throw up like the bubbles of like oh well michael jackson actually recorded this in detroit (laughs) wow bare naked ladies always record one song on the album in the nude (laughs) is that a real one yeah that's a real one sick (laughs) um anyway so there was like drama and i was kind of confused about this because I've always seen, I always thought it was like genius.com lyrics, which like are like crowdsourced, but they're like, it's done in a really good way where they're upvoted, you know, like there's consensus. Uh, but apparently there was some kind of change because now it's like music match lyrics <laughs> and questionable quality on these music match lyrics. But uh, first it was the band my bloody valentine that tweeted uh yo so there's some really wrong lyrics for our songs being shown by spotify (laughs) just in case you know (laughs) and then uh the uh scottish band cocteau twins uh replied like even more like specifically like yeah the lyrics to like this one song are insulting uh, that, and they're, they're like, me, actually. yeah. And I mean, uh, Cocteau Twins, uh, it's their song. Uh, the one they referenced was Violin. And essentially, I think they're, they were saying, like, because they said, like, if we wanted our lyrics published, we would have done it ourselves like 20 years ago. Right. And it's kind of a component of like the artist always has the choice to like, they could put liner notes or they can like use publishing to actually publish their lyrics like as uh poetry or they can choose not to and like hocto twins was is kind of famous for like blending you know what lyrics are and vocals do that needs to be actually like does it even need to be discernible words like it's just a another sound another instrument and they were kind of making that (laughs) <laughs> because they were saying that the <laughs> lyrics that were displayed for their song violin were just complete like gibberish and they were like it's insulting <laughs> yeah it's like you really don't get it yeah <laughs> that reminded me of like cigarose because i remember when i first listened to cigarose i was like oh i know they're like icelandic this must be like very deep and icelandic and it's like no they're just making up sounds that sound good along with the beautiful instrumentation and jonesy is perfect at like pulling off those ethereal just like word salad and it's like it would be insulting to say like oh yeah i know what that means when jonesy was just doing it to sound good uh with that certain melody on that certain track yeah i yeah and i've always i mean i've always admitted that i'm a lyrics like second kind of person like i approach a song and I just like how it sounds. And then sometimes the lyrics seep in and it can add to the song. And sometimes like I uh, completely love a song at the end of the day only because of the lyrics once it's gotten there. Sure. Uh, but most of the time it's like, I want it to sound good. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> we kind of went through this when we were jamming like last week. Uh, yeah. it's, it's hard writing lyrics and like wanting them to be meaningful but at the same time like it just feels like corny and yeah and and so like i think we went through an exercise of of like just taking some lyrics that are maybe like meaningful but like overly simplistic and like trying to remove ourselves like two or three steps from the lyrics Mm -hmm. and say like okay let's just make something up that kind of like evokes these feelings but 
ultimately the words don't really mean anything. But I don't know. There's yeah. a lot of different styles. There are. Yeah. I was listening to like the hold steady today and oh. just was struck by how like I mean and Andy Schaff to a degree too. Definitely like similar lyrics. Yeah. It's it's like novel, not novellas, you know, in a song. It's like a whole story. Yeah. And you get lot like you get into that um into the story as much as you get into the music, which is really fun. And they're both like prosy, kind of not like rhyme schemey. Yeah. And that's really fun. For sure. Hold steady, they use like a lot of like repetition though. Like oh. yeah, I don't know. It's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Hold steady. I I remember your so hold steady. Is that one of the ones we picked as a song to Yeah, yeah. Was. I, I, was. I was one of the ones that I forgot how to play. <laughs> 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 I was like I found a couple of the notes and then there's like, I do like a little like descending riff and then I forget what chord I moved to. And I'm like, yeah, I'll figure it out later. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, the hold steady is a huge influence to me. I think like their lyrics are, are beautiful in, in like such a, a personal way uh, that like I've never seen on another band. Maybe the nationals, the only like comparable band. Jared, what are you been listening to? So a few weeks ago, I was like, man, I don't you keep talking about this fourth wave emo. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is. So I'm going to go to go to the authoritative source of Spotify playlist and find sure. some random dude who had a playlist called fourth wave emo. So did Perfect. the same thing, but for second wave emo. This mm. week. And uh, yeah, pretty good results. I, I had, uh, <laughs> had a good time. Listened to a lot of sunny day real estate. It oh. seemed like this guy kind of like, in his opinion, Sunday Day Real Estate was the definitive second wave emo band. I, I would say there may be them and American football are my favorites uh, of like the pure second waivers. Mm-hmm. But also like that's like an all time great Seattle band. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then was essentially bastardized into the Foo Fighters. <laughs> Yeah, Except I mean, like the half the band who got fired. <laughs> right, half the band went in. I didn't even realize that until very recently. That like half the band literally like quit Sunny Day Real Estate and just became the Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was like the whole drama because uh, on the first album, uh, essentially Dave Grohl used Sunny Day Real Estate as his backing band, and then they went in the studio, they recorded the whole thing, and he hated the drums. And so he like on his own went and re-recorded the drums without telling Sunday Day Real Estate's drummer, like, yeah, I'm replacing you. And yeah, the drummer got pissed, left. And then that's how you get the, uh, bromance with the current drummer. Uh, yeah. I feel apparently like drumming for Alice, like, uh, uh, Alison Morissette. Is that her name? Uh, Alanis Morissette. Alana Morissette. Alanis Morissette. Uh, <laughs> what did I say, Allison? You said like Alyssa. 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 I don't know, man. I mean, it's a weird name, okay? Yeah, but it's I was like in the ballpark. Weird. I was in the ballpark. When you heard what you said, and my name is Alanis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm forgetting the drummer's name. It's something Hawkins. Taylor to, Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins. Man, I'm on a. I'm like KD out here, just scoring yeah. from all three levels. S- straight up. I mean, this is gonna be like the. <laughs> we should. This is gonna be the gimmick that we're gonna make shirts of of the, the band names. What's, that, Jared that, got what's wrong. that band again? <laughs> That's gonna be a t-shirt, right? Jared, there. listen to Allison Morissette. Oh yeah. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> man. To remind you. And my name is Alanis <laughs> Morissette. Good stuff. Okay, so we went from that okay, yeah. Let's wind it back. Let's stuff. wind it back. Back at it. Okay, Sunny Day Real Estate. Uh second wave emo. And I mean, American football is my like kind of touchstone. I've I've heard them described as like Midwest emo. To me, yeah. they're also like kind of the originators of like like their self-titled like the the whole math rock kind of thing like the yeah. way like the angular guitar riff the way it all works together but i don't know like man i could talk all day about american football but the way yeah, that they it, had like 
the one with the trumpet and the way the trumpet comes in. Oh, it's so <laughs> <laughs> the one with the trumpet, the Wurlitzer one. I don't remember. Uh, but no, I agree. Like, like the Midwest emo, like that that American football album. I feel like launched like two movements, and that's truly incredible. Like yeah. an all time all time album for sure, no question. So then, then there was like a little surprise for me, and uh, a little Weezer showed up on the playlist, <laughs> and a little a little Pinkerton era uh, Weezer. Wait, uh, it's it's funny to say pink like just songs off of Pinkerton. Right, right. A better it wasn't really an era. It came and went pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. And it it made me think. I was like, wait a minute, because I like I was going through the timeline in my head, and I was like, I feel like Pinkerton came out like before a lot of these albums. So like, was Pinkerton actually like? did they establish a lot of this and like they're obviously influential uh so i thought we'd play a little game real quick oh no <laughs> uh <laughs> all right it's pretty simple do you think this album came out before or after pinkerton oh no hold right. on <laughs> what year did pinkerton come out yeah 1996 okay okay that's all i'm not gonna ask any more year questions because that would uh invalidate the point but all right yeah i mean Man, does that mean the Blue Album came out in 95? Yes. Man, 94, I years actually, old. I think. I was uh, like, what? Yeah, years right? Old. Yeah. That's it's... wild to me. Okay. American Football's self titled album. Okay. American Football's self titled. It came out before and after Pinkerton. I'm going to go. Well, so I think Cap and Jazz broke up around 94. So I'm going to go after. Yes. They were in 1999. 99? Yeah. That feels yeah. pretty late. Yeah. Okay, Jimmy okay. World, Bleed American. Oh, I also, know that's is after. That, is that, would you consider that second wave emo? Ooh, I would consider question. that the pinnacle of third wave, I would oh, say. Oh, okay, okay. See, I think Jimmy Eat World was kind of coming off the coattails of some of those, like, Promise Ring, American Football, Sunny Day Real Estate types, and, and they kind of perfected that poppy but where, influence where does that... into... Where does that put like My Chemical Romance? Oh, like... I mean, My Chemical Romance is also like quintessential third wave emo. Okay. For sure. Okay. But it's like, I... it's that pop influence. Yeah. I see Bleed American more in line with this, the, that I, second wave. I think it's kind of like, it's kind of in that, that transition period. But again, I think Bleed American came out in like around 9 11 for some reason. Yes. I know that. Yes. So right. I'm going to say after. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about uh, you should have used nine eleven as yeah. your benchmark here? That would have been a little more effective. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, how much has that changed all of music? Like that's a that, that's a whole other conversation. Your ass with the American way. <laughs> I'm proud to be an American. So I actually music got is still like that. Yeah. Well, I had that song on a cd that was like the the 9-11 memorial cd <laughs> and it literally was just that song and then like weird like spoken word like prayers about like our country that's a wild cd they only <laughs> sold that in one truck stop in nixon missouri and somehow yeah. you got your hands on it <laughs> somehow i oh man i like just remembering that i'm gonna have to think like I don't think I have it still. And oh, if you find it, though, to... <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> oh, man. It's worth at least $15 now, which is probably about what you paid for it. Probably just to you. I'm not going to tell you that they're actually <laughs> 10 cents on Discogs. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, hum, you'd prefer an astronaut. Okay. I think that one's before. I think that was an early 90s release. You're three for three right now. So hum, that, uh, I was 95 from what I saw. Sorry, you're in my uh, wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I'm letting you flex a little bit. You're coming, you you're coming at bit. the king. And uh, right. yeah, you let me flex. So then the the big one. So Sunny Day Real Estate's Diary. I, that one, this one, I actually saw you post. You posted this in our Google Doc earlier. And I'm, I was like, I can't cheat. I can't do it because I'm really really concerned that i'm gonna get this one wrong because <laughs> i think like the third album came in, out in like 2000 and so working backwards like it's probably 
like the same year. And so before after feels like a coin toss to me. I'm going to go after. Ooh. 94. Oh, so wow. Okay. Yep. Okay. That one, that one, I was like, I, I think I felt like I was being bamboozled on that one. <laughs> but you could definitely tell that that like Weezer album is very, very influenced by like a lot of these, these bands that we're talking about. And, uh, I think I, I re- recently revisited it as well, and it's an all-time uh, awesome album, and it's so funny that it was, like, really dumped on when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah, I... It's, it's, a, it's a weird one. Like, I guess just for me, it's has always been, like, really influential. I think it just... Right. I've always, like, thought it was amazing. Right, but you were... It was probably 10 years old before you listened to Pink. Definitely. Pink. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that hindsight, but like, I really don't think I had that much context about all right. the drama with it, but I listening to it, especially in terms of like s- putting it next to these other like bands of a similar kind of, uh, type yeah. kind of, it, for the first time, really kind of re like, uh aligned like i don't know it just gave me a new lens to look through a different perspective and uh and and it yeah so i would say it's it they i i would say sunny day real estate really is still like defines that kind of era and pinkerton drew like potentially drew from that sound and probably just in general the whole like you know reaction to grunge and the pacific northwest sound that yeah yeah all of that kind of came from anyway. Definitely. I mean, it was all like a reaction to like post post punk, like yeah, eighties pop kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it all distilled into that, and like it's funny how it sounds like. I mean, it, third wave emo made it feel a little redundant, like uh, a little uh, like oh, I've heard this before, but like mm. realizing like it was fresh and new, like when they were doing it, like it's just interesting definitely so anyway thank you for joining me on my exploration of second wave email uh we talked about that for a long time which is a shame because uh there's actually another thing i listened to this week and i know you listened to this week also yeah i i think we're going to talk plenty more about this album as well uh in terms of like what what big albums I've been looking forward to this year, I mean, this was probably at the top of my list. I I can't think of anything that I was higher on or more excited for than the new Big Thief album. And I'm gonna try to say the name of it without looking at it. New <laughs> Warm Dragon Mountain. I believe in you. <laughs> Is that right? I think I did it. I mean, everyone knows I'm not the one to ask. Yeah, you're, you're not necessarily. I would the... be like Barney Sesame Street. I don't like you anymore. Yeah, is that what dang. it's called? Not quite. <laughs> not quite, buddy. Dang it. Uh, I think it was like New Dragon Warm Mountain, something like that. I don't care. Uh, but I know, I know, we've talked in the past. Like we're both big, big, big thief fans. We're already like on board with the big thief sound. I think I put UFOF as my favorite album of like 2019. Me too. I think we were both on the same page there. And I also loved Two Hands, especially for like not. That single was mind boggling uh, when it came out in like the fall of 2019. I remember that. I feel like the consensus was the Two Hands was a little better, but I held to UFOF. Well, so I think I think the immediate reaction to like Two Hands was like, "Oh, this is the raw Big Thief," and everyone loved it. But I think UFOF was like better produced and better like put together. And, and I think I think looking back, that's how people mostly fall on the two. But I mean, still, that band put out two great records, and both of them put in were like in my top ten that year. Because they were both just front to back, like I think interesting records in their own ways. So, all that to say that I was already fully on board with Big Thief uh, when this new album came out, and uh, I listened to a few of the singles, and then I was like, I gotta wait, I gotta just hold off for this whole album. And I was really like blown away when I finally listened to the whole album of like all the range they show. You know, they show things from like basically straight bluegrass. Uh, with like the jaw harp and everything, you know, on Spud Infinity, 
what was that what was that jake the jaw harp i believe is the (laughs) the best term for that instrument i don't like many of the other names for it but um yeah the like straight bluegrass on like spud infinity and red moon uh to like some really crazy out there instrumentation even for like big thief they've they've pushed boundaries before but uh i i think like some of the production on like uh little things and uh simulation swarm just some crazy production all the way down to like stripped down bluegrass and i think for an hour and like a half album totally like just running on all cylinders and it's awesome to see a band that you love uh basically in their prime absolutely uh really like equally collaborative band too like every band like the songwriting of uh adrian linker is an anchor and i i read recently like she writes all her songs on the same like acoustic martin guitar which is so cool because the way that they take some of those songs in a completely like produced out like directions like And she talked about like she can hear like how it's going to go, but it's so easy, like useful for her to write it on the acoustic and just let the process go with how it's going to mature and develop. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, some of their songs just straight up are like just her on that acoustic and it's amazing. Um, But yeah, I mean, Buck Meek on guitar. uh, I don't know the other, the the bass player and the drummer. (laughs) I know Buck Meek and I know Adrian Lenker. And then the The bass and guitar player, or the bass and the drum player are also very, very good. Yeah. But apparently the drummer himself, like, they recorded, like, half of the album or so, like, at his, like, studio. Wow. and, And that influenced, like, you know, part of the direction of their sound. Um. Gosh, what to say? Flower of yeah. Blood. That was my oh, favorite. Really? Uh, okay. Like surprising moment. Like there's a guitar part in there where it like so also Buck Meek, they had a feature in like reverb.com, like where they talked about their gear. And uh he had a uh a specific pedal that is known for like doing pitch shifty kind of like random things. Uh, uh hologram, I believe is what it's called. Mm. And uh yeah, I don't know if he used it on the album. I remember like he had different settings like taped and like the different way like the knob should be like twisted. <laughs> uh because they didn't have a knob twister, you know. Yeah, you got um, they weren't quite on that knob twister <laughs> level. Um So I'm I want to look back and see like if it was for the song, but like I I think that they probably used it and the way it just like cha- like I don't know. It defines the song for me. I, it was such a moment for the album for me. And I mean, it's, it's, and that's just like one moment. And probably for a lot of people, it's not the moment. And that's the thing I think is really cool is that there oh, are yeah. infinite moments. Yeah. You can find. And I, I think like my, the first moment I had on this album was like kind of the, the, the really emotional change into the, really plucky interesting instrumentation of time escaping i think that transition i was already on board between the first and second songs of like oh this they're just clicking they'll do whatever they want at any time and it's going to sound amazing uh but yeah everyone's going to have their own individual moment i think of clicking with this album and i think that's such a incredible thing you know it's it, it really does remind me we're talking about like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy or like uh uh, good kid mad city like it's one of those albums that i'll mm. probably remember forever like where i was in life when i first heard that album yeah <laughs> unfortunately sitting at my computer working from home not a super <laughs> exciting place to remember but not exciting remember. but it'll you'll you'll get back to this moment you know yeah man so many good lyric moments too like talk that's about my lyrics, grandma like yeah <laughs> diane is it diane lee or something like that that's yeah diane lee that's my grandma i love the moment in spud infinity okay it's also in spud infinity spud infinity is just so fun yeah at the end like they do this like kind of it's it's a little bit of a breakdown and mm. then they just come roaring back and i love like 
uh, Adrian's vocals like peak just a little bit, like mm. the mic. And it's like just the, like a lot of times I would be seen as like a recording mistake, but like I love it. Like it just like yeah. just hammers home that one more time. Absolutely. And also in that song, uh, the lyric like uh, by Celestial, I mean extraterrestrial. Like, <laughs> I'm like, how has no one done that before? That is such an amazing lyric. Uh, yeah. Uh she's she's an incredible lyricist because sometimes i feel like she's doing straight up nonsense sometimes i feel like she's just having fun sometimes i feel like she's like bleeding out her heart on the the page and like she can switch between those modes like completely seamlessly and and like the lore of this album i feel like is crazy where it's like the story of this album is they went to all these four they drove around to these four different recording locations and recorded songs in all these locations and they're all mixed into this album and it's like i would already watch a documentary about the making of this album and like usually you talk about that with like a classic all-time great album you know you talk about it for like let it be with the beatles or you talk about it with like wilco i'm trying to break your heart uh i would already watch a documentary of the making of this album it's so so fun yeah so as far as I know, you have tickets to see them touring this album. Ooh, I yeah. have tickets to see them touring this album. Oh, yeah. So I think we're going to have a lot to talk about once we finally get to see it live. I would also recommend checking out uh, I Buck Meek Tours solo, Adrian Linkert's Tours solo. They're both really good shows. I've seen both of them and uh, yeah, highlight different aspects of the band. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Weather Station just did like a in studio like interview with KEXP today that I didn't intend to catch, but uh, ding, 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 ding. we got our KEXP reference in. Yep, yep. Woo! <laughs> that that's the other inside joke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> KEXP inside joke. You just sure. gotta start talking about whatever. I'm sure there's Boston like Boston. Which I mean, Boston. we got WBUR. That's our like. Local, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, WBUR is our local, like NPR uh, affiliate. Uh, I don't know, I don't listen to their music though. I don't know if they're good at music. So, we were just talking of Big Thief. Uh, I gotta say, I I couldn't stop listening to Big Thief, so it became my respiration. Uh oh, I don't know if this is actually, I don't know if we've done this before. This isn't allowed. I've, I've specifically not done this Mm, because. Too bad. Well, here's the (laughs) thing is I started with what was I listening to? And I was listening to the new big album, but I could not get one thing out of my head. And it was the tremolo. Buck Meek's tremolo was haunting me in my dreams. What is, what is tremolo to our listeners? What is trem? What is the trem? Uh, for for non guitar players, maybe people who aren't huge dorks about guitar pedals and such, uh, tremolo is kind of an effect where your volume fades in and out from like your max volume down to a a minimum volume, whether that's like zero or like you know fifty percent. You can kind of adjust it based on what kind of effect you want. But it's that kind of wavering volume level on your guitar signal and it, it it sounds very country-y it sounds very folky uh and uh it's it's kind of a classic tone uh that you get out of a guitar player classic yeah classic i would say tone. my experiences with tremolo it's one of those things it's like rhythmic by default because it's you know the rate that it happens at. right it kind of like wavers but back and forth at a rate I, but it actually like works best when you don't use it rhythmically. It's yeah. just like when it's just, and so like, it's kind of crazy. Cause you're just like, well, I'm going to trust that it like works. I'm just going to throw it on. And like, you know, it might accidentally mute one of, you know, <laughs> the important notes you're trying to play, but <laughs> it actually like you, the way your brain fills in those gaps and like, it just tickles your brain in a nice way. It's a, it's a beautiful effect. Uh, yeah. And I've, yeah, I really enjoy using it and I'm excited to see how you interpreted it. For sure. But uh, yeah, I, I recently got a, a new amp. Uh, if I mention it on the podcast, I can write it off on my taxes. Uh, but oh God, can we really? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we got to make some money on this thing first before we can claim like business expenses. Right now, it feels like <laughs> hobby expenses. I don't know about that. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> we need we need income. Yeah, we, we just <laughs> the uh, the Princeton reverb is the amp I got, and it has a built-in uh, tremolo effect, uh, analog tremolo effect that is really really pretty. And so uh, I noticed this warm, beautiful tremolo in the Big Thief album, uh, partic- particularly on this track that I'm bringing up, uh, "Wake Me Up to Drive." Honestly, I think the weird production of it stood out to me as like a really fun reprisal as part of the album. And I really like the lyrics because uh, it's like that classic like band, uh, you know, driving in a van down the highway. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think this this is a very like personally, I think, beautiful song to me. So I'm pretty sure she played this solo. Really, Adrian Linker show I saw, and it was oh, I mean, that's amazing. It was like so, like in a trance. Yeah, but uh, with the the production, like playing it in a vacuum like that, where you just hear the starkness of the drum machine, but then the juxtaposition of like the country guitar, like you're saying, like it's twangy with the tremolo, like that's a classic like old school guitar sound and i love that and then the vocals kick in and it takes it to a different place and like i think in the context of the whole album like the the vocals really like they're not like that's the least surprising part and so it anchors you yeah yeah it's almost like from an injured linker perspective it's it's kind of like a very dreamy song you know it doesn't really like pull you in with some like very like emotional vocal hook it's almost like a trance that i think the drum machine and like the her vocals with like the, the her own like i think overdubbed harmony on there i i just love the sound of that track in juxtaposition to the rest of the album but also on its own i think it sounds awesome look here it I didn't want it to end. That was so nice. <laughs> Tremolo. It's what an amazing, like, okay. Without even talking about like, your, you know, your song and everything, just like that just sounded so nice. Like the sound of it. Mm. And it, it's uh, translated like so well. And like, you know, our <laughs> shitty bedroom recording <laughs> stuff, like it still sounded like, I mean, 40 years ago, 50 years ago or whatever, that could have been like, that would have been professional. Like, <laughs> that quality. was professional grade recording on like, a four track or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounded like perfect. I wouldn't have changed anything like EQ production wise. Uh, and then on top of that, like really memorable. Like I think that was a, a melody line that, like I was already starting to hum it after hearing it twice. Like really a really cool part. Like the first part seemed like, okay, I've kind of heard something like this before, but then the way it like like that was really inspiring. Like I it was unique, I think. What's wild is I I literally have a voice memo on my phone. I was sitting on the couch. We were like watching a movie or TV or something, you know, whatever. It was just like a a normal night. And I started like, I had that melody in my head. I'm like, 
I'm kind of terrified that I just ripped it off of somewhere because like it was so clear in my head the way that melody kind of just vibed along. And so I literally whistled the voice memo out onto my phone and then constructed the rest of the song around that voice memo. Uh, and, and it was, yeah, I was listening to all this big thief and it was, it was uh, just, it was just pounded That's in my so head. Cool. I don't know. I mean, got to share We We got to share that voice memo with our patreons <laughs> at the three thousand dollar a month level that, that's a steal you're talking about music history here that voice <laughs> voice memo yeah then you then you can write off your entire iphone as a, that's exactly <laughs> right jared yeah i mean great great work great thanks work. buddy i i was i was pretty happy with how that's that came a, out that's a song that's a song uh <laughs> Something I've thought about just is like, it is, I love how we're doing this process because it's so reflective of just like how we listen to music, what we're inspired by is so varied. It yeah. does make me think like, holy shit, our album is going to be schizophrenic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. But remind, like, honestly, like the Big Thief album is like, it, you can be different things, but you're still the same person doing it. And right. so long as there isn't too much like production magic that like strips you away from that, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're still there. Like, and it's, that's the common thread that pulls you through. And I, I think we have a hope of <laughs> doing that. And yeah. Cause I think a lot of great bands take, take influence from a lot of different places and it becomes their own thing. Yeah. Uh, not to compare us to uh, Nirvana, but I think like Kurt Cobain's a good example of like yeah he took all these '80s influences and turned it into grunge, which became its own thing. Yeah, uh, just based on him like being a music guy and yeah. being obsessed with all these different bands that were like never quite got their their due in the the '80s. Oh, all right, we're just we're gonna have a uh, a Nirvana episode at some point, and then maybe we'll get <laughs> yeah, into let's just it. Do it. Let's just leave a teaser. I had a girlfriend a while ago that had some interesting hot takes on Nirvana that influenced oh. my opinions. Oh. So uh, tune in next week for Jared's relationship history. Oh, boy. All right. Jared, let's see your sweet, sick, nasty respiration. Okay. So picture, picture this. Picturing... Your trying to get ready for Super Bowl Sunday and you need to go buy some Velveeta cheese for your Rotel dip. What you gonna do? You're gonna walk on down to that corner store where the Velveeta is actually five times as expensive as it would be if you walked probably the same distance to the big grocery store. But you don't want to go to that big grocery store. That's the big city lifestyle. You know why? You know why? Because the why? big grocery store doesn't play cool music. Right. The small They're too store, corporate to play the good music. The small store plays Spotify playlists based on Mac DeMarco. <laughs> and you're walking around, you're cruising, and you're just jamming to the sultry sounds of Mac DeMarco. But then, all of a sudden, out of the blue, comes a crazy song. And then you remember, oh yeah, that is related to Mac DeMarco. It features Mac DeMarco. Wow. But it's a it's a pretty crazy song. Thus is how I heard Thy Mission by The Garden while shopping for Velveeta cheese. <laughs> it's a it's a wild song. Uh what are your first thoughts about that song, Jake? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You you were like, Oh, this is my respiration. I was like, What is this? I have no idea what this is. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is really fun. It's kind of got it it's kind of got the post-punky vibe to it of like it's kind of aloof. It's it's kind of chugging along, but uh I I think it's a very fun song and I see where like the Mac DeMarco influence comes in. I mean, obviously other than Mac DeMarco actually hopping on the track. Yeah. Uh I think it's kind of got that slacker rock vibe. Uh I don't know. I I really enjoy uh that track that you picked. <laughs> it's it's interesting there's so many elements even just listening now yeah yeah like the whistling yeah, the lyrics yeah. something about salmonella 
it's like <laughs> nonsensical um but uh I don't know. It's it's an earworm too. So I saw sure. them the garden open for Mac DeMarco. So I assume they're just like oh. friends, you know, like they're just buddies. Yeah, bam buds. Anyway, I couldn't get it out of my head, so this is what I did. sweet short and sweet i agree yeah no honestly like uh i do think it captures that kind of like chaotic pop you know almost like slacker rock energy of mac demarco and that that track specifically uh, i kind of like the i kind of like the original vibe where it's kind of cruising along it's got those discordant chords and then i love the the very melodic uh kind of lead line you put over it i thought that was a really cool effect to go over those those chords specifically well thanks yeah i i if you can't tell the way i feel about that is kind of like it was i couldn't get out of my head and I wasn't like super <laughs> on board with it. It like I kind of was like, I'm being. I kind of dragged you kicking and screaming with this track. I mean, I like how it sounded. <laughs> like I kept playing it over and over, and like, and it's really fun. Like the like, I don't know, totally fun to play. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know how useful it is. I mean, it's one of those just explorations of like. This thing shouldn't work. I'm going to make it maybe work. And hey, that's what it did. That's what it did. No, but I think, I think you captured that kind of fun energy where it's like, it's kind of aloof. It's like, I don't care. I don't care that this chord's not supposed to go here. I'm going to put it here. Uh, but I think it still captures kind of the, uh, the pop hookiness of it. I think it's really catchy. Uh, even off first listen again, it's like, like at the core of it like that's like a it's almost like a sonic youth song yeah you know it's like mm. it's it's got such a driving groove to it but it's also not necessarily like melodic in the way you'd expect well just to stroke my ego a little more did you did you tell that <laughs> could you tell that when the like lead part came in that the bass line actually followed the lead part i I couldn't tell, but I mean, I assume the kid, the Kim Gordon and Thurston Moore in you were ecstatic. Oh boy! Well, wonderful. It's been another one. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing the old uh, guitar nerdery yeah. with you, Jaron. Yeah. It was a good throwback. When, when you know how those other guys button in, being like, "I don't play guitar. This is dumb." Oh, what are you talking about pedals for? Why do I care about guitar picks? Oh, why are you talking about that for 30 minutes? Uh. Let me talk about how your drumming programming sucks. <laughs> no, we're here today to take over. We're here to say everybody cares about how much I tweak the knobs on my guitar pedals. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone cares about that. And it's the most interesting part of the podcast. Yep. Yep. We're a bunch of knob tweakers over here. <laughs> we're, we're out here tweaking knobs. And that's, that's all that matters in songs. I like, Anything else is extra. Yeah. Yeah. For our British audience, that means one thing. For our U.S. audience, it means another. <laughs> we're just really spreading the offensive insinuations across yeah that the global communities that that already got us rated r and uh 
in Britain. Anyways, we're bad wallpaper, or at least we're half of bad wallpaper, but we're the important half of bad wallpaper. We're we're the half that can't skip a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't even say what the other guys were up to. They're they're off doing shows. Jack's Jack's doing shows, and Jesse's on vacation. I guess I don't know. I don't know, but we're here dedicated for you, the listener, my wife, Leah. Uh, <laughs> Shout out. Uh, but, but anyways, uh, we're Bad Wallpaper. Uh, we're on Twitter at bad underscore wallpaper at Instagram, bad.wallpaper.band. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying our time together, Jared. Uh, this was a good nerd out episode. We needed to get this out of our system. Absolutely. Uh, give us a like, give us a follow, give us, hey, give us give some us comments, come find us on like Twitter and like yell at us. I don't know. Do something. Yeah, we've already established. We don't know how any of this works. We just want people to yell at us. It's kind of a <laughs> <laughs> oh, cyber kick.